My name is Lola Puzzle, and this is Media Delta. Alright, uh, so this is going to be a fun episode, uh, because, uh, just to give a spoiler, uh, this movie did not... <laughs> I... I got something what I wasn't expecting out of this movie, and which is interesting because it's the fun thing of you go into a movie kind of with certain expectations because this was kind of, I don't know how big of a movie it is now, but when this movie came out, this was a huge thing. Um, we are talking about the 2000 adaptation of the 1942 um, Chinese novel Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, the adaptation was done by Ang Lee, who is responsible for a lot of, I'd say, well-known movies. I just... Hulk, I keep, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. I was going to say, also, Brokeback Mountain. Don't stuff with Hulk like that. Uh, God. But yes. Um, was, Gem was Gemini Man the... Uh, that's not the one I'm thinking of. If it's the Will, the Will Smith. If the Will Smith is the movie. That's not the one that I'm thinking of. That What's a zombie movie? You, Am I thinking what, of the Bye Bye Man? No, the Bye Bye Man is some stupid folklore level kind of thing. And it's also as bad as the name sounds. Uh, Will yeah, Smith is Will Smith young. and what? Will Smith and Will Smith and Jim and I, man. But like, never. Yeah, yeah it's regardless. We are talking about Hungley's. Gave us the pee-pee-poo-poo -poo man, and that's all I need to know. But go on. We're talking about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And have you heard, uh, I was not the only one who watched this. So, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Axe, and I'm here to crash the pacing of this movie. Hi, I'm Carnival, and I want my Kung Fu ham back. Hi, I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm here for white people enjoying watered-down versions of otherwise interesting genres. Congratulations, you just heard the entire episode. <laughs> that was fun, everybody. Goodbye. Uh, God, now I think we should go at least a little bit more to this because. <laughs> God, yeah, this was this movie was everywhere when this came out, like. This was the shit. Yeah, at the time. Like, and then it was a blockbuster straight up. Yeah. And then you, you watch it now and it's like, man, this is a lot of. Hey, no some of it was good. Like, yeah, some it, of it was good. No, we got to. We got We can I have. We have to make sure when we talk about this movie, we're talking about things as the entire plot, basically worthless. But the actual choreographic choreography and stunt team, with one exception, did phenomenal work of executing basics in really well. Like, let's just put that out right there on the table. Yeah. Mm. Um, which actually, um. Before we kind of go anymore, I think we should probably just get this, like, probably do our normal uh, roundtable a little bit. Does anyone want to go first? Because none, none of us had seen this before, correct? I've seen this. I've seen this before. Okay. I just forgot everything about it, which kind Fair of enough. says a lot. But um, I'd be willing to go first. All right. So I'm a big fan of Wuxia uh, novels and film in general and all their related genres of Chinese literature. So I'm going into this. It's like, oh, hey, this has made it big. Why not? Let's see what this is like. And then it's like watching this as like Torpid has said, is like, ah, I see. This is why the Academy liked this. Completely and utterly bland and tasteless. Not even like, there's like, oh, sure, the people are out for revenge, but this is just like boring revenge and not like blood feud blood feud hundreds of people going down for the fight and it's like revenge is pretty standard though in this genre so like yeah but it's like it's not interesting revenge it's like no that's what i mean is it's like that's standard in the genre you can do better yeah yeah and so again excellent or uh, excellent stunt work excellent fights except for one the final like the, the final that everyone knows about funny yeah. enough yeah yeah, the one that everyone knows about, but that's only because again, this is what this is what a bunch of white people basically saw the the bamboo forest thing, and it's like, ah, you guys thought this was the best, yo, 
You had no, no, it's great. Literally, the fight scene before it was in fact the best. But yes, I would argue the the sh- I would argue the sh- the fight in the end is the, was the best for say, me. But yeah, the two fights that happen almost back to back. Well, technically, then the between <laughs> move force is like what the third in a row. Third in yeah. a row. It's like it's just like you can see. There's like the those two were like the bamb- the the end and the and the uh, weapons fight are two excellent, and both you can make an easy case for both of those being the best. Then the the bamboo fight happens, and then it's just all the moment, just the entire momentum of the film just collapses because of that fight. It's just so yeah. bad. I, I do want to say, I think the, uh, the, the weapon fight is better. Okay, so, like, we, we can talk more about that in a little bit. But I yeah. think the uh, choreography for the weapon fight is better, even if the infight is a bit more fun and lighthearted. That's fair. I can, like I said, you can make an easy case for both of those, in my opinion. But so I think I would, because I'm. This movie doesn't deserve me to go a good spiel about me about talking wuxia as a genre. So, give me Thunderbolt Fantasy. Yes, if we do that, then I'll actually talk about wuxia as a genre. But what I gotta say, breakdown is that is this like the film itself? I guess if you have no experience with wuxia as a as a beginner course is like, yeah, this would be something that could get people interested. But even then, I would think Hero, which released in 2005, yeah. so, is a better film for kind of bringing up like that kind of wuxia sensibilities than this is. But actually, funnily enough, I've actually seen that movie, and that I do remember enjoying that movie like much more than I enjoyed this. Uh, I had to watch that for a class or for one of my classes I took in my last semester of senior college, the Hero and Sages course, which was an interesting course, where I think we watched that in between, I think, like Norma Ray and Gandhi. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Princess Mononoke was also in there, weirdly enough. But But point stands that Hero was a much better example to get someone into Wuxia than than this. Crouch and Tiger yeah. Hidden Dragon is just devoid of character. And I can, we can, I'll let someone else, I'm about done, because I can explain some of my points about devoid of character later. Alright. Uh, who wants to go next? I you guess to go next? Yeah, yeah, sure. Dorpid likes to go last. <laughs> um, I like up the rear. What can I say? <laughs> Torpid might be doing something else at the moment. Uh, so, uh, as far as as far as I feel about it, so um, if I did my math right, this movie came out when I was 15, and it was fucking everywhere. It was a big deal. Um, to my to my um, credit, I was kind of a boring person throughout my 15s and 20s to like a certain point um, because I was very entrenched in stuff. Like if it wasn't put in front of me, I probably wasn't going to seek it out. And obviously, since this movie was fucking everywhere. I saw it, and I was like, "All right, this is cool." But I never got into Wu Wuja because of it. I had never even bothered to look any further than that. Um, and it hasn't actually been till about my my thirties where I started to open up a little bit about music in my twenties, but like more stuff in my thirties. Moving onwards, I'm kind of like you know exploring and stuff. So um, watching this. With all the stuff that we've seen so far, that you know, having done this has expanded my horizons quite a bit. Um, going back to this actually kind of felt a little bit painful, uh, not in like a, an overtly offensive way, or like um, it's not like it's an incompetent film. It's very well shot. Uh, the choreography for most of the fights, uh, everything except one fight, were really really good. Um, but the problem the movie has is that it's got these cool action scenes, and then in between, it's these extremely boring, like, just pulled apart, like, not pulled apart, um, uh, God, I'm making the motion where you pull, uh, it's it's a lot of belabored scenes that just kind of go nowhere, and nobody seems like they're having any fun. I know this is supposed to... It's supposed to be kind of serious, but everybody, everybody looks and sounds like they are either on quaaludes or they're just straight up bored. 
and there's it's just a lot of melodrama and none of it's particularly interesting yeah yeah because like when i just think of melodrama i think of people who are animated people who are drama you know like you know watching somebody watch watching contradiction you know what was the, the one the, both all, a lot of the characters were really um expressive yeah um, and that was where a lot of that drama, that melodrama came from in that game was just that, that expression. It, I'm not bringing it up just because somebody's currently playing it right now. I no, mean, it's that's really good about, the scene like, where two people are trying to fucking outact each other. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Paul Darrow and the it's, lead. It's Rupert, Rupert Booth. Right. You know, like, you take that scene. It's two people who have pretty good acting chops, but they're put into this sort of B-grade product. And so what do they do? Oh, they just go right into it. They are absolutely just enunciating words and giving glances and, you know, little reactions here and there. And there's all these all this great vocal and visual things going on just, just on their face. Just on their face. And nothing like that happens in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You get these fights, and the fights are cool. They've got... They've got swords clanging together. You've got people grabbing fucking maces and slamming shit. Um, there's a scene, and we're going to talk about it as a group later. But that was also really cool. Like, there's a lot of cool ideas. Even the worst fight scene, in my opinion, which was the bamboo tree scene, still had this air of interest to it. You know, people trying to fight while on top of bamboo trees. And it's lots of shit waving back and forth. And things are happening. And these scenes are all good. But then they're vastly undercut by all these un almost unnecessary half, half the time scenes of people talking. Like, as far as I remember from the plot, the key thing is that uh, an ancient sword is stolen and everybody wants to get it back. And then it's revealed that it was stolen by the daughter of some rich people who got into it with a bandit and fell in love and all that. She got dragged back and was forced to marry somebody. So I guess to prove something, she went and stole the sword and then whatever. Like, it's not a good plot. It's not interesting. It is a revenge plot to some degree, but it's not an interesting revenge plot, as Carnival said. It's extremely boring. And honestly, having watched it two hours long, by the way, um, I'm happy I can remember any of it at all because it's just not a good... It's not, like I say, it's not an incompetent film, but I don't think it was very well paced and very well written. Um, I know it was bad. The ending is, the ending was funny, honestly. I wouldn't even yeah. call it bad. I thought it was pretty goddamn funny. It's, I, I have a slight feeling that that's bad, but yes, it is yes. very funny. Yes, I, I agree. I very much feel like Angli was not intending that scene to be incredibly hilarious. No, no he wasn't. The problem is, is it's the 2000s. It was literally in 2000 when this film came out, and they really hadn't gotten CGI down that well. They used a lot of green screens, and they were obvious green screens. Um, and just... that was all fucking wires and shit. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I actually, um, one thing they, which I saw, the only use of CG in that movie was to remove the wires. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. The only was removing the wires because they shot on location because China is very happy to like, if you're going to do something and you're not going to cause problems, the Chinese government's very happy to let you shoot on location. It's mm -hmm. actually kind of funny because if you go to the location or like the Wikipedia page for the actual location of where that bridge scene at the end is, you basically take a look at it and it's, it's that bridge like it almost looks like it was a still like a shot from the movie yeah no like china has a bunch of really cool vistas and that was kind of uh this this gets to my point of like ang lee specifically when creating this film wanted to set up and created a china of the imagination which oddly is a taiwanese film director is of personal <laughs> taiwanese descent which i understand why that was the exact decision he made there because that's like Okay, you don't want to gruffle feathers because, again, <laughs> you want to yeah. you want to live. But that's kind yeah, of my problem. Is like, no, if you're going to do something in China, you find what era you're in and you make it. You kind of stick to it because it's like China has one of is one of the countries we have the best amount of records for. So you can create a stylized look of an era very easily, and it's like you're going to have a much stronger film or any work if you kind of lean into what your era said. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who would have guessed in the country that's big on bureaucracy? Yeah. Um, like I know it's I know it's adapted from a book, and I only know that because you told me. Because again, I didn't really when when I watched it originally, I didn't really dig too deep into. I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. All I'm, right. You're fair. Watching it, you wouldn't think, wow, this is a book. Also, right. I think they don't even say in like the opening where they usually say based on the novel by blah blah blah. I don't well, think they even had that. The Chinese government was not a fan of the guy who wrote this book. So also, this and, was in the this is 1940s China, which is uh, an interesting era, so to speak. Yeah. So like again. Yeah, yeah. The uh, wonderful term they have for and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like thinking back to whatever marketing I can remember, and I don't think it was ever marketed as an adaptation. It was just marketed as Crouching oh. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Again, it was not. No, the fucking it was, West would care. Yeah, yeah. One, no one in those. None of his books, I think, maybe one of his books have been translate has an English translation. There are more translations in French than there are in English, of any of the five books that in the series that this film is based off. Which is this was book four, if you if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it's, it's four or five. So yeah, like that's the thing is like just if this his books are foundational to the genre, but. <laughs> If you're not Chinese or know how to read Chinese, you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. I'm trying to... I found a thing in the Even poster. thinking of it as an adaptation of a book, it's still kind of bad. Because you start off with this the stealing of the sword, and then you've got a bunch of fight scenes. And then just... It doesn't even, like... It doesn't even transition well. Like, all I remember is looking away and looking back, and now we're in the fucking desert. Like, Well, that's the best part, is the desert bit was in the past, but it wasn't, like, immediately apparent. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's one thing, that I, one of the big things about that was, you know, when you're going to do something in the past, you need to make it apparent that this is something happening in the past. And usually you use, like, a filter, or, or even just simply have the characters start talking and do the wibbly-wobbly transition to the... Uh, to the thing, like you could just go ahead and do something shitty and cheesy like that. It's fine, but you got to indicate that you're now in the past because then it's just fucking confusing. And then it catches up to the present. Like, oh, okay, I didn't like any of that, but all right, now we have our explanation as to what's happening. It's still boring, but now I know. It um, just wants to fuck her desert husband. Yeah. It's also great because she looks like she's the exact same age. Like, that's supposed to be, like, a flashback, like, years in the past, if I remember correctly. But, um, yeah, she looks the same age. We, yeah. we never actually get any idea of how long this has taken over. So it may have been... We don't know if it's years or not. That's the thing. Well, because we the just... entire point is that... I mean, it probably wouldn't have been long, all things considered, because it was her father realizing, oh, hey, she's been... Essentially, she's been deflowered. We gotta fucking marry her ass off while she's still worth anything. Yeah, pretty much. And so, like, it probably whole... actually wouldn't have been super long. There could yeah, have I... been, there could have been some ways to tighten it. Like you really, we really didn't need no, you can't the ex... tighten it once it's done. It's fine. Just kegels, kegels, kegels. Not tarpet. Not tarpet. that way. Tarpet. It's bad. I will spritz you. I swear to God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, but no, like you could take that entire uh, uh, flashback. You could take the entire flashback, cut it in half, because most of what happens is not fucking important. Well, like yeah, because literally the way it starts off is chick gets her comb stolen, and then immediately fucking runs after the guy to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and then falls in love with him, because sure. Yeah, and then the the falling in love bit just takes forever. Yeah, yeah, like. Whole section, like it's just like Giver too, all over again. Yeah. Like it starts off cool and interesting, and then it just has this massive dip where fucking nothing happens. It's just nonsense. And then finally near the end, we're like, oh shit, yeah, we're a movie. We should do some stuff. And then, and then you actually get some cool action scenes. And I also remarked, I also remarked while we were watching that I appreciate the movie's ability to incorporate degrees of slapstick. Uh, to which it's not its not a lot of attention drawn to it. There are some movies where they do the slapstick and then they like shove it right in your face and it's this magnifying glass, like, look how funny this is! 
and this movie does it more more naturally. It's just like um, the one scene where she's uh, she's fighting off people and she puts a sword up behind her to to stop a guy from attacking her, and she just bumps him on the head and then just keeps on going. Like it's just it's just a natural thing that happens. And I like that. I like that it doesn't go too goofy. It knows just the right amount of level of goofy it needs to make that sort of work. Um, I, I wanted to say kind of like Jackie Chan, but Jackie Chan, I think, sometimes puts it under the microscope a little too often. But neither here nor there. Um, this movie does does uh, it's it does have a bit of comedy to it, and it is a little bit funny sometimes intentional, sometimes not intentional. The ending, and it's. It's an interesting film from a cultural and historical standpoint, but I don't think, looking back on it, that it actually can. It's it doesn't age well and it doesn't stand well on its own. When, as both both of you mentioned, there are far better films to look at from the genre, and you Lolo mentioned it too. My brain's my brain's not good today. Um. So knowing that this is basically a watered-down version of a genre to appeal primarily to white people in the West is a little disappointing, but at least in some way it is kind of an entry point to the genre, um, which is – I mean I also mentioned too uh, a, good, a good metaphor or a good example is Ring, uh, the uh, early 2000s uh, horror film, uh, and how that brought – Japanese horror and Asian horror to the West, and and it you know brought people into a whole new genre that they weren't even aware of. But I argue that that as a product was a lot better than Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was, because Ring had a solid story, solid acting. There was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of drama, tension. You know, it had all the necessary things for a horror movie. So it was a very successful successful entry point, and it was also accessible too. You know, whereas Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, they had to take something and basically distill it and boil it down instead of being, it probably wouldn't have succeeded if it was a full-on film within the genre. It's Wuxia, right? Wuxia? Yeah, Wuxia. If it Um, were to go as hard as some of the films y'all were mentioning during the viewing, I don't think it would have been such a, a cultural touchstone in terms of films, and I Definitely don't think it would have succeeded in bringing the genre to the West. Um, and that's, that's that just feel, I guess that's more of an indictment of the West than it really is of the film. But um, regardless, it is still a watered down film. And that is, that is ultimately disappointing. Um, there's no, there is absolutely no uh, performance within the film in terms of the acting and dialogue scenes that I can even remark on they're all equally boring like the very end Xiao Yun Fat's character gets poisoned and he barely reacts he's like yeah I'm dying oh dear I'm dying oh no I'm dead and that's that that's that's about as much emotion that's actually given that's probably the only time that um Michelle Yeo uh actually emoted throughout the entire goddamn film and even then it felt kind of stilted you know um, so my overall, my too long didn't read, uh, it is an interesting film with really cool fight scenes that ultimately falls apart due to, uh, bad pacing and mediocre acting. All right. Um, also I do want to do make a note for those who are listening, who, uh, if you're wondering if to, when you're talking, we're talking about Wusha, uh, if you see, uh, Wusha is spelled W. Was it W U X I A? So if yes. you see that, that is Wuxia. Wuxia. Just because it's one of those words that it's like you probably see it and it's like Wuxia, but no, it's Wuxia. That's what we're talking about with Wuxia. Um, all right. So I think the only one who hasn't had talk yet is Torpo, right? Yeah, I guess technically me. Yeah, sure. All right, Torpo, what did you think of this movie? <sighs> Wasted potential. <laughs> it's it's how I would describe it. It is a movie that I kind of checked out for for a good chunk of it. Like, when I say I checked out, I mean, like, I, I was watching it definitely, but I was not interested for a good chunk of it. Because, like, there were some, there was, uh, it starts off with a kind of neat fight, 
Then it goes into the Jade Fox fight. What was her name? Yeah, I think that yep. was her name. Yes. Jade Fox. That fight was a lot of fun. And then there's this huge lull in the middle where they then, you know, basically talk about the sword that I really got annoyed by because it is a fucking thin warped piece of metal oh, and utterly ugly. fucking worthless. It is ugly. ugly as shit too and the engraving's bad. That prop sucks. Like Yeah, God. it was that prop sucked real bad. Horrible. Because the idea is it's supposed to be an incredibly thin blade that can cut through anything, but also it was very clearly just a piece of warped metal, and it just, it looked, ugh. ugh, ugh <laughs> Every ugh, time it's pointed ugh. at the screen, you were like, I can see it warped! It's It was so warped! It was incredibly <laughs> visibly warped! It was. But yeah, so the, the idea is basically the main character, basically, cool, legendary sword, somebody trying to steal it, find out, oh hey, the the woman trying to steal it is in fact the the daughter of the household, yada yada. She was trained in martial arts, very good at it. Then we go back in time to learn about her and her lovely desert husband, who she tried to beat the fuck out of. Uh, and that entire subplot was some of the most uninteresting fucking romance direct I've ever watched. And yeah, like, I enjoy a good romance, but this was fucking bland as shit. Oh my mm. god. And I also hate the whole getting kidnapped but falling for your kidnapper thing. That don't feel great. Mm -hmm. Which is basically what happened. And then they fucked. And then she went back. Her dad tried to sell her off basically. Because she was used goods. So she stole the sword and left. And then just tried to find her desert husband again. And that was basically the rest of the movie. Is people trying to fucking beat her ass for stealing the sword. And find her desert husband again. And the the actual story and pacing of the story was really, really terrible. Mm -hmm. But there were some good fight scenes. Like, as I said, the Jade Fox one early on was was pretty fun, kind of goofy, but fun for it. And then later on, uh, so we were we were talking about a couple of them. One of the big ones is the in-fight scene, where uh, the main character, uh, having stolen the sword and tooling around with the sword, because she's actually a very skilled martial artist and good with the blade, has basically just been going to tea houses, tooling around, and people challenging her to fights, and she just beats the shit out of them handily, fucks them up, makes a huge mess out of the place, and leaves. And it was kind of great, because it was some really solid choreography combined with a, a bit of decent slapstick, which tends to work well in wuxia, honestly. Yep. Of any genre. Because um, it's all so over the top that like it works. It, it works a lot more. And it's more good use of the space, too. It made very good use of the space and of the actors. It was very well choreographed, and that was one of the two strong uh, scenes, two of the two strong fights of the film. The other one, my personal favorite, is when basically the lady who's been helping her this entire time realizes the shit she's trying to pull and tries to deter her from her path. And so they get into this huge fight where the main character has her sick fucking legendary sword. And she's fighting the, the other person in this, this ring with all kinds of weapons around it. So the lady she's fighting basically throughout the entire fight keeps hitting her, like, keeps going at her with different weapons that are basically getting shredded to pieces by this fucking sword over and over. And it was really, really fun and really cool to watch this lady basically just constantly switching weapon types, trying to fucking beat the sword. And I, I thought it was it was a really good scene. And then the bamboo scene happens, and it's kind of bland. Also, in between, the the late the guy she was working with uh, died from poison due to Jade Fox, because Jade the, the main character basically betrayed Jade Fox by not letting her see all of the martial arts teachings that she had available. Uh, so Jade Fox was pissed. Jade Fox lost. Dude died from the poison, despite the main character having learned her lesson, trying to go out of her way to save him. And then she finds her desert husband and jumps off a cliff. The end. That's the film. Pretty much. It was also the funniest shit when she jumped off that fucking bridge. Because, like, mm. uh, Carnival mentioned it when we were watching it, but basically it's supposed to be ambiguous, because in the film she didn't die at the end. So it's like, oh, did she die or did she not? But it's really good because it's some fucking real wire foo shit, so you should just see her slowly descending, arms outstretched, off this cliff, and it is the funniest shit. Because it's so completely out of fucking nowhere, too. Because it's like, ah, 
She finally found Desert Husband. Maybe she can just fucking stop being such a shit. No, she jumped off a bridge because fuck you, I guess. Yeah. It's a frustrating movie. It really is frustrating. Yeah. Like, I get it's just part of me is like, I don't know how much more I can save just because it's like, we've covered it's like, it's just, we've got like three or four good fight scenes, and then you can just kind of like, if you want to experience this, just get a super cut of the fight scenes, and there you go. I mean, there's yep. one fight scene we were, we've kind of hinted at, but we didn't really talk about, it. and it des- definitely deserves to be talked about because I think it's one of the, it's my personal favorite fight scene, to be honest. And that is um, when uh, Jen, I think her character is, and Yushu sort of clash, and Yushu tries to stop Jen. And so they're fighting in this room just filled with weapons. Didn't you mention this, Torpid? I forget. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a great scene because, it, it, again, it's great use. It's a single room. It's, it's just this really great use of space. You feel like the room's much bigger than it really is. And basically, Jen's got the sword, and she's cutting all the weapons that Yushu grabs in half. And Yushu's just grabbing every fucking weapon off of the rack. And it's just, it's very clever use of the props and the space. And a really inter- it's a really interesting and kind of funny fight, but it's also really cool. Because uh, it really shows that Yushu has a lot more knowledge than Jen. She's just outmatched by this really shitty looking sword. Yeah. No. <laughs> what did everybody just tune out while I'm talking? No, no, it's, no. Just, it's just that sentence, the sentence ended very abruptly. I was, like, I was, it's just, I am so paranoid about things <laughs> dropping. <and> it's like, <laughs> okay. um, I mean, if anybody else wants to chime in on that, I think that's my favorite fight scene, to be honest. Yeah, that was a really good fight. Uh, yeah. I said, it had, in my opinion, the best choreography of any fight in that film. Mm. Yeah, like again, both both the in fight and the the weapon fight, ex both excellent. It's like, I guess I feel like we can probably just go, go to the ranking at this point because it's like, yeah. Does anyone? Uh, well, well, first what are off, your opinions, Lolo? Yeah, I had to skip over Lolo. It's <laughs> <barely> <laughs> <even> <laughs> carnival. I mean, I I really haven't been saying much because I don't really have any feelings on it because I uh, like I like I've mentioned like. I mentioned I've seen Hero, after which Carnival brought up, which that was a pretty good, like, I didn't even think about that as a Wuxia film, but now I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that definitely probably would be. Um, and I've seen uh, great films like uh, Return of Bastard Swordsman, uh, which I kept on saying during the thing, it's like, man, this just makes me really want to watch that. So after we were done watching, I went and go, and it's available, saw it was available on YouTube. I'm like, oh, hey, it's like, oh, it's two and a half hours long. Worth <laughs> it. It is, but also that's two you and a half hours long. You okay, but out let trying. me tell you about my boy, Dugu Woody. Okay? Yes. <laughs> and how fucking awesome Dugu Woody is. Like, you don't just sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie. You fucking prepare for that. I mean... Then again, I'm also the person who has the uncut version of Red Cliff, which is five hours long. Christ. Uh, I mean, yeah, you are a man who goes to bat for fucking heat, so... Yeah, yeah also, yes, heat. Yes. Uh-huh. But yes. Uh, like, yeah, I thought it was fine. But, or, well, I thought it was not offensive, but wasted potential, I feel, is a good way to describe it. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I probably will never have an urge to watch it again. And that's not in the way that you like talk about, I don't know, Schindler's List, not wanting to watch it again, which is like (laughs) as like a oppressive movie. It's just I don't think I'll ever have like a thing where it's like I'll watch Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon Unless it's like that is literally the only thing that's on, in which not I'll watch and it'll be fine. But yeah, I just fights fight. A lot of the fight scenes are good. I do want to say, like, actually going on to uh, Axe, what you were saying with the addition of slapstick, there just seems to be characters that are just you're the buffoon type, where it's weird. Like the father figure that Jade Fox is trying to assassinate. Definitely was one of those kind of characters. A bunch of characters in the inn were those kind of characters. 
And the one with the, the first Jade Fox fight was actually really weird because it's like, oh, this like they're trying to assassinate dad. And it's like, oh, he's like getting smacked out of the way and like all that. And then he just gets this ring like weird chakram thing just embedded in his head. Halfway into his skull. It was impressive. It was yeah. so it was it was a, an effect that was very out of place for the film because the film was mostly bloodless. But then you just have this a very visceral scene of a dude with a blade through his face. And it's just like, it felt out of, it felt out of place to me. Well, so it's, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that speaking of out of place. That's another thing too, is like the, the fight scenes are very energetic. And as I said, they had some slapstick, which is really counter to the actual melodrama of the general film's plot, which is weird. It's, mm. it's a film very bad at managing tone and keeping it consistent is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I say, with that, uh, does anyone have any other things you they want to say before we rank? No. Max, uh, you got anything? Uh, no, I'm think I I think I've got it out of my system. All right, all right, let's go to the ranking. So we're gonna rank this using our normal one to twenty-one scale, with one being absolute mastercraft. Kind of not, be incredibly hard to make the film any better. Uh, to twenty-one, which is uh, pretty pretty garbo and just. Not even fun, ironically, to watch. So, X, what is your number? Well, I'd say 13. 13? Yeah. All right. Carnival. 13 at highest. Well, the floor is 16. All right. Torpo. Let me, when my uh, scroll wheel starts to work, I will let you know what I think. Uh, So, let's see. We're... Do I find this more watchable than Dick Tracy? There you go. There's there's the benchmark. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of where I was at too. Was like, mm, does mm. Dick Tracy have really sweet combat scenes? I don't no. think so. No. So then, like, how would I compare it to Batman 1989? You know what? I think I would put it on level of Batman 1989. So yeah, 14 would be. All right. So, funnily enough, Dick Tracy was also the one that I was taking a look at because uh, I was wondering last night. I'm like, okay, where did I place it? And then I saw Dick Tracy, and I'm like, that is the exact level that I'd put that at. So I like was Tracy thinking, Tracy is what I call the Great Wall of Boring. Yeah. <laughs> which, funnily enough, I think that this also could go right yeah. in there. Like Dick Tracy is like my go-to if I find something very bland. Because like, do I consider the pros of it comparable to Dick Tracy's? Because like that is my go-to at this point for like this thing is boring, but how boring is it? I yeah, and uh, with that consideration, it's like yeah, fourteen is probably where it goes because it it ekes out over Dick Tracy, but just barely. If there was one less fight scene into the right under right into the Dick Tracy like tier, it would be going. Yeah, the yellow territory is basically what I consider the boring zone, where it's just like none of these things that are in four, 13, 14 or 15 are necessarily bad. Or if they are bad, they have some really good things to like counteract it, but kind of just they'll kind of balance on bad or balance on the negative more than positive. Uh, and I feel like this is a perfect candidate to be in that area. Um which the is that event horizon dick tracy uh so if that's the case then that between all of us did we balance out at 14 so let's see uh 14 we got batman 1989 city hunter season one and Mega Man upon a star yes yeah, so um, the reason I, I compared it to 1989 batman it is like that similar level of mixed bag like there's some really neat set pieces in batman but also a lot of it's also fairly bland also rhubarb okay that's a different beast entirely but like that's (laughs) what i would put this at too is like there's some neat little pieces here and there smattered about despite being an otherwise very bland product boring product because i slammed very and boring together fuck me Mm. that's what i get up in the mornings for boring product but um when i say rhubarb i mean i feel like they both also have a similar issue with the writing. Like, the writing just, for some reason, uh, clashes with things that are happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, Batman, I feel, is a really good comparison because yeah. that is a a film that is very much style over style over substance, uh, which I feel is also something that can apply to this. Um, just to put it at the floor, because um, I don't think it's quite 16 territory, which by that mean, I don't I think it's a better movie than Fatal Fury, the motion picture. Um, at 15, we got Dick Tracy and Salamander. Dick Tracy didn't like it. So Dick Tracy, if you like the aesthetic, you'll probably like the movie. If you don't like the aesthetic, that movie is just complete garbage. Um, and Salamander is like the same thing with T Crouching Tiger, but even more so. Like that is the fights, the quote unquote, what you can consider the fight scenes of Salamander are not even as good as the fight scenes in this. So I can definitely see this being 14 floor. Yeah, that checks out for me. Um, just to put also the ceiling of this, uh, at 13, we have GamePro TV and the professional GoGo 13. Uh, GamePro, I think we're going to set that aside. Um, but GoGo 13 is at least, it is a startling movie through and through. Like, there's no real chill to that movie. It's just what it puts on screen is sometimes kind of Trashy. Very trashy. It's a very tra yeah, I agree. That's the word I would use. It is very trashy. But also, I feel like... It's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. Yeah, I do feel like I had a better time watching The Professional. Go-Go 13? Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. so that's what I was thinking, too, when I was looking at the numbers, is like... Gilgo 13 had some really fucking cool scenes. Like the tower bit. Like the, the, the fucking ad side. Yeah was really good. And like this has fewer and less fewer scenes like that and also they aren't as long. Yeah. Whereas like for Golgo those those really neat set pieces tended to dominate large chunks of the film. Yeah. Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah, because like the most interesting parts of the film go by so quickly and then they focus so much on the least interesting. I think that yeah, I I agree with that. That that was very frustrating. Like, I want to see more of these fights. I want to see more, like, talk to me more about the, the styles that she learned and show her going through them, you know? I, I would have loved to see her training rather than that whole fucking desert shit. I don't care about that. I care about, you know, the martial arts, the action. Show me more of that. Yeah. So I think in that case, I think 14 is where it's got to go. Yep, mm -hmm. I agree. So we're going to put that at 14. Um, okay, so got all that filled in. Nothing content-wise that I can think of. Um, because it is blood, like, it is bloodless. Other yeah, even than, like, the, uh, even the scene with the guy with the blade in his head, there wasn't any blood. Yeah. Um, and then no real sexualization or anything. I mean, there was the one scene where their top was wet, but that's, that is literally it. And even then, that's it not meant to be out. sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. Yeah. Though, no. Yeah. Like no. there, there was nudity, but it was cut off at just the right spots, and it wasn't really focused on. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it was very salacious either. Yeah. So I'm not even a call. I don't think there's really anything worth calling out for that. No. So is there anything we want to call out in music, charm, no. cinematography, storytelling? Hold on. I lost where are them. Music, charm. <laughs> Cinematography, storytelling, action, and art. Action. Action. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, action's a thumbs up. I would say down for the charm, because it was a very charmless, very dull affair. I would say cinematography, because those were some excellent yeah. like, location yeah. oh. shots. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Very good location shot. Yeah, come to find out, China, this absolutely fucking massive country, has a lot of different biomes in it. Shocker. Yeah, quite a beautiful country at that. Yep. Um, music I barely remember. Um, the music was kind of there. It wasn't. I wouldn't put anything for it. Yeah. Sto uh, storytelling. Down. 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 Yeah. Potential. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, wasted potential. I think is the... such a disappointing film. Thought I had. Oh uh, yeah, that's wasted potential. Hmm? There we go. Um. Let's see. And then. So like the. 
style was also kind of bland. Like, there really yeah. wasn't any... Like, it's a very down-to-earth movie. Yeah, no, we didn't get... wasn't... We didn't get some of the high-high wuxia, high low-cultivation novel stuff. So, like, yeah, it, it's kind of bland. In other wuxia films, like, more pure ones, is there a lot more interjections uh, during fights? Or is it mostly it's silent? It's a lot more animated. Yes, okay. there you will you will have people doing nice speeches during the middle of fight scenes and like not just, even just like speeches, just a noise. Like all of the fights were noiseless almost. Like everybody was just so oh, quiet. No, a lot happens in your usual sort of wuxia thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you hear people yelling and just giving shit talk all the time. Like once again, let me tell you about my boy Dugu Woody and his chair foo. <laughs> yes. Because, yeah, that, that's something we I forgot to mention is just how silent the fights were. And it was just so weird because I'm used to media where, where there's a fight. Everybody's like, ah, uh, uh, like grunts, groans, yells, like act like you're there. Yeah, this is this was very more. This was a lot more down to earth for a Wuxia film, which that being down to earth has like benefits in some stories. This was not one of those. So, um, yeah, that's a not great. Um, for yays and nays, uh, obviously one that we definitely need to do is that snail. Pacing in this is not great. Also, I think I just removed the snail from something. Yeah, it was. There we go. Diver. Just a like is it like it was Giver two all over again. You start off strong and then it just drops like a rock yeah um yeah you forgot the oatmeal yeah oatmeal no, i was wondering if oatmeal well thankfully thankfully saturday super kate has two of them that i can borrow <laughs> like damn it's chow yun fat how do you get chow yun fat and not put them to use but like, actually that also reminds me it's like what well, will be the third one wait to potential this yeah. movie's just wait to potential to be x to be fair I think that this movie was the one that like got Chai uh, So I was actually curious about that. And if I take a look, I don't think that I think I saw him. He was in something else first. Uh, let me take a look. I forgot. Um, I mean, he was in the replacement killers. Hmm. So I think he's... Carnival's right. This is the movie that kind of put him on the map, in, at least for the Western audiences. Yep. Also, I, you know, I was going to say Michelle Yeoh, but no, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies came out before those. Yeah, no, Tomorrow Never Dies came out, and she was also part of the Jackie Chan uh, op opera, so like... Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, actually, no. Well, depends, because Hardboiled came out before this. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hardboiled. Yeah, how, can, how, can you, how can you have seen Hardboiled and then go, well, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Like, well, Chow Yun Fat was a replacement because Jet Li was not, didn't take the role. That's, which is probably funny because he was probably just doing Hero. No, he wasn't. Hero was 2005. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, Hero was 2002. Really? I, oh. I could oh. not put Jet Li in this role because Jet Li, I, I have a lot of respect for Jet Li as both a martial artist and an actor. And he would not have fit this film. I don't think he could have pulled off the level of bland that this film also, uh, aspired to. Also, man, I forgot that he was Master Roshi in that Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> we'll, talk about that movie. No, no. we'll get there. We will get we, there. We'll get there. No, also, you know, no, I just assume we not. Also, the thing he did right before that Dragon Ball movie is that he was in Veggie Tales. Ooh. I, huh. I, like, I like an actor with Noted range. Christian. Well, it's also great because IMDb lists it as VeggieTales Fitness Hoff. Like, it's just... It looks like the website broke. <laughs> it's, but anyway, yeah. So, Chow Young Fat, like, this is probably... This could be one that uh, kind of elevated him, but yeah, technically he was here before. Or, like, he was... He could have been known for more stuff. Probably, it probably definitely helped him, but yeah, I forgot I was going with that. Probably the same direction that uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon went. Yeah, probably. Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyone have any last things? Do we want to put anything for yay? Can't really think of anything. It's Not over. Really. Uh, yeah. 
Did we do we put in nay too goddamn long because it was too goddamn uh, long? Okay, so I. Do you have room for four? I don't think I have room for four. Three <laughs> is enough. I'll, yes. I'll replace the wasted potential so long because I feel two hours is it's and it's two hours on the dot pretty much. Uh, so yeah, it's just that's kind of way too long. All right. Any last words? Nope. Nope. Nah. All right. So before we head out, Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Of course. Uh, the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. And also in America, it is the ASPCA. Uh, there is also SPCAs in different areas. Uh, look up your local one. Uh, adopt, please don't shop. All right. Carnival. Your local bail fund or mutual aid fund. Torpo. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Torpotypist and at Torpotypist on Twitter. And I, I would like to plug the gap in my fucking memory left by the huge swaths of nothing in this. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, I actually am going to do a slight uh, schedule change because I was originally had something planned. Uh, but after this, I'm actually going to swap the two movies that I had in mind uh, because I feel like it will be a better uh, I a better palate cleanser for I guess I think it feel like this will be a better flow uh, so also technically I'm doing this a smidge early but also it's I'm about 99% it's going to win um, so we're going to actually do the retro rank relief drive winner for quarter one um, because it got a pretty significant lead um, and we are going to take a look at rock and rule uh, which I put in there because it is a movie that has quite a bit of notoriety to it. Um, the thing that I knew about it, or that at least I heard about it, uh, was that it was animated by the people who do the animated segments from the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, also features a lot of licensed music, but I, thankfully I'm not streaming it, so it doesn't matter. Um, also, I believe it is one of those lovely Canadian animated features, like the same as like metal, or heavy metal, though I'm pretty sure this is not as violent or as jarring as heavy metal was. Uh, also, it's like an hour and 15 minutes, so thankfully it's not going to be forever. No bitches. We gotta stop watching these long-ass fucking things. Yeah. I well, say being the one that got us to watch pre pre Phenomena. <laughs> I mean... Now that I think about it, because how long is the thing? Um, I think long it's... enough. Because uh, isn't that two hours? Long enough. It's hour 50 minutes. Long enough. And then I think, how long is Ashen's in the quest for the game child? Uh, that one, I, I think that one's actually surprisingly long, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's hour 30. Never mind. Surprisingly right. long in an hour 30. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go and do it. I can't think of anything else. Thank you all for listening. Bye! If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you would like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's Retro Ranked Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Puzzle or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.